and welcome back to an episode of Punk Yeah Podcast for Hairstylist. I am your host and creator, Elizabeth, and today I have with me my good friend, Robin. Robin, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, I am Robin Dubois. I own Honeycomb Studio in Cranston, Rhode Island, and uh, I met Elizabeth just over a year ago while we were in New York City. Yes, so today we are going to dive in and talk about Fashion Week. Um, We both worked for New York Fashion Week with a particular company, which will not be named the entire episode um, because we're not going to do that. But yeah, we're just going to start. I want to know from the beginning, like, how did you get invited to Fashion Week first? Okay, that's a a good question. So let me take you back. The year is 2021. I am working in a salon where I'm a booth renter. Um, I f- realized during this year, it's, uh, I think it's February, I'm like, I need to get out of this salon. I need to do it soon. And so what I do is I was interested in this company that offered mentorship, and I said, let me just go for it right now. I know I need a little bit of guidance in my next step of what I want to do. So I hired a mentor who I love so much and we were talking about goals for the future. And I said, you know what, this year I really want to work fashion week. It's been something I've been thinking about for a while and I am going to put my time and energy into it and I'm going to make it happen. So with fashion week, there is one in February and then there was one in September. And what I did was I started working with my mentor. I reached out to people and I reached out to agencies, I reached out to collaborators and artists and designers, and I didn't get a ton of feedback back, but these things can take time. So I actually started looking at hashtags on Instagram of all places. And I was looking for people who were incorporated with Fashion Week to either assist them or pick their brain or see what, the, what it's like and how I can get involved. So I ended up finding someone who um, I was talking to and I was asking her questions about it and then she asked to hop on a call. And I remember I was downtown getting um, an oil change and literally I drop off my car and he's like, all right, come back in 40 minutes. And I'm like, cool. So I walk down the street, just gonna go for a little jaunt. And as soon as I walk away, I have this person call me to talk about fashion week. I was like, whoa, this is kismet, are you kidding me? So she calls me on the phone, we have like a half an hour conversation and she tells me everything that it entails, and uh, we'll get into it a little bit more, but I had to weigh out some of my options. When I hired my mentor, I decided I'm gonna open up a studio. At first, that's not what I wanted to do. I never thought I'd be somebody who worked in a studio, but I realized that that's the next place for me. It's my next step, and it's gonna give me a lot of opportunities that I was looking for, so, I opened up this studio, and with that comes a lot of expenses to open it up and getting it running and started and furniture and software. Nobody talks about that. No one ever talks about, like, how much time and energy you spend pouring into your studio whenever you're going to open a studio. And, like, just 
how long you have to sustain it. Like it's forever. You forever have to keep doing that. And you, you are in charge of like renovating and changing everything about your business. And that is like a whole nother expense that like no one is ever prepared for. You're like, oh, that sounds so much fun. And then you go into it and you're like, wow, that was so much money. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's, it's true. You don't hear people talk about that a lot. And I know for me, I uh, I had a little bit of a savings before I opened it up, but opening up the studio, I put $5,000 on a credit card. Yeah, easy. 200, 200 square feet of space. That's what I have. Mine is 200 square feet. and That's pretty big. Tiny <laughs> little spot, $5,000. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a big expense. It takes a lot of money, and I didn't have that. That's why I put it on the credit card. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of startup. And so anything else, like when you're chasing these these dreams of what you want to do, like Fashion Week that entails travel, it's like you have to weigh out all of your expenses and all of your options with it and how you're going to make it happen. So that's why I was like, I really have to sit on this for a little bit. And um, and then the person I was talking to on the phone just said, okay, let me know within the next like two days. And so even though there was an expense involved with Fashion Week, I was like, I gotta, I gotta bet on myself. I'll bet on myself every single day if I want to make this happen. This is the way I'm, I'm gonna make it happen. So I called her back the next day and I said, "Fuck yeah." Right. So, um, with Fashion Week, so people don't know everything, obviously, that comes with Fashion Week. So something that I did want to talk about is. Um, how you can go to Fashion Week. So there are three different ways that you can pretty much go to Fashion Week. You can go to Fashion Week um, as a paid person, a paid employee for a company. Usually that's like with major brands, you know, and then we have unpaid volunteer work, which also a lot of major brands do, but um, that's like more assisting and you're just doing it because you love it. And then there's the sponsorship fee. So you actually pay a certain amount of money to go and do hair for this company because you are a sponsor. Um, and they, the way it was explained to me, I don't know how it was explained to you, the sponsorship fee was explained to me as like you're paying to have your name put on your work. So they'll tag you personally and everything, you know, you get credit for your work, but Thinking back, like, if that's my work, I should already get credit for it, first of all. And second of all, like, who actually posted? I had two people post my stuff and tag me in it. Nobody else tagged me in it. Like, that was a whole a whole other thing. Um, so I want to know your take on the different ways and, like, the sponsorship fee. Right, yeah, so... Um... I'm so happy that we're having this conversation today because I think it is so important to be transparent about how people go about um, getting their foot in the door and following their dreams and whatever that means to them. So I think that a lot of people can think right off the bat, you're going to pay to work for Fashion Week. Like, what's the point? You are losing out money. Like, you're not, you're just, it's a pay to play. You're paying your way in. Like, why would you ever want to do that? I get that. I of felt the same way at first and then I realized you know what sets me apart from doing this is so many people can get this opportunity to pay and do fashion week and you can't just like do it if you're not great at hair and oh hold on one second 
the thing that sets people apart to do fashion week is literally saying yes if there are so many people who are talented out there and and take this opportunity to work fashion week there are a lot of people who can do it there are not a lot of people who choose to do it because you're walking into a situation where you don't know what it's going to be like you don't know who you're going to be working with necessarily what your role is going to be you are saying yes to the courage to do it because it's going to be a new experience for you and you are accountable for that you're accountable for saying yes you're accountable for showing up and you're accountable for everything that you produce when you're there so yes you can pay to play to do it however you have to have the courage to say yes and that was where a lot of people chose not to so I remember um, thinking that like when I first got invited I was like oh my gosh this is a scam um there's no way I'm ever going to actually make it there. And I talked to my husband about it and I was like, listen, this is how much it is. I don't think I'm going to do it is what I said. And he said, listen, you, if you pay that much money and you go to New York, I mean, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Like you get to go to New York and hang out for the weekend or whatever. And you lost that money. Yeah. But like you get to go to New York. And I was like, yeah, and then he's like, best case scenario, you get to go to New York and do hair for Fashion Week. And I was like, <laughs> that's a great way to, like, think about it. But at the same time, like, it's nerve-wracking. And I am a firm believer in the beauty industry. If you're not willing to invest in yourself, you're not going to get anywhere. Like, if you don't invest in what you're putting into your business and, like, you know, even with the suite that you did, like – if you didn't invest that, like you're not going to see a return and you're never going to be able to get to the next level. Like I think fashion week definitely taught me a lot. Um, like so much about myself and about the industry. And I kind of like know now what I don't want to do and what I do want to do. So I do think that there's like a big thing about paying yeah but like you're right because not everyone will do and take the opportunity and the opportunity is what you make it like if you go there and you decide like I'm not gonna work very hard I'm gonna miss out on all this stuff then yeah like you're gonna be like that wasn't worth it but if you went there and you were like oh I got to meet this person this person this person I went to these events like it's totally worth it for that person so it's like a glass half full a glass half empty kind of view but my take on the sponsorship fee I would not go again for that high of a sponsorship fee yeah agreed <laughs> well that was a great perspective that your husband gave you I think that that was really encouraging and just of the right motivational perspective kind of the shift that we needed for <clears throat> the push to go and that's why you and I vibed so much when we finally met each other because we had all of these similarities in common about like how we felt and you and I are both people who were uncomfortable if we're comfortable you have to step outside your comfort zone and you and I will just keep pushing or whatever that means and how to make that happen and I, I totally agree on investing in yourself and this was a way to do it so um, it taught me a lot as well about, I'm, I'm really glad that I did that. I just want to get that out of the way first. I'm so happy that I did pay 
for fashion week and that we did go. I got to meet so many people. And just like you said, I learned so much about what I would do and what I wouldn't do and how to do it again and if I would do it again. And for me, uh, like I said, I had just opened up my studio, you know, six, seven months before and I still had that credit card debt to pay off. And I was still figuring out how I wanted to run things and go about running my business. So I told myself, if I'm going to pay this money or a sponsorship fee to go to Fashion Week, I'm going to get every fucking dime back out of it that I can. I'm going to meet as many new people as I can. I'm going to introduce myself and walk into as many rooms of strangers that I possibly can. I'm going to take as many videos and photos as possible. Um, I'm going to collaborate with and try to introduce myself to like different brands and, you know, people that I align with and see where this can really go. And that's something that you have to have the mindset for like if you're going to allow people to tell you that like you paid for that you're a fraud it's not worth it like you didn't it's not the real deal then you're gonna believe what other people are are telling you but you cannot you cannot carry the weight of other people's opinions because you could be doing the best job that you feel and running as authentically and as passionately as possible and you're still gonna have naysayers out there so what's the point of listening to the people who are going to discourage you Exactly. So that's like the same thing with working for like a larger brand. Everyone says like large brands treat you poorly. I would never want someone controlling my schedule and all these other things. But being an educator for a large brand now, like I feel like they are a family. They treat me well. They respect my schedule. They are amazing to their employees. Like I have nothing but great things to say. But if I would have listened to all the people out there who are just so negative about working with major brands like I would have gotten absolutely nowhere and I would have went into it with such a negative mindset so for me I'm really excited and happy that I didn't listen to them but at the same time this is another thing I think is a little sketch and I'm gonna name drop um Redkin I'm gonna throw Redkin under the bus that you have to pay to be an educator with Redkin you have to That's pay wild. money. You pay money to get certified for each class. And, like, eventually you become, like, a higher educator. So anyone potentially, like, obviously you have to be good at what you do. Like, I am not saying that by any means. But you have to, like, meet certain requirements and then you can level up. So if I really wanted to work hard and dedicate time, I could eventually become an educator for them. But to me, like, I don't like that. Like, it's not authentic. No. And, like, I, I said this, too, when I talked with Lisa G on her podcast about it. These people forget. These brands forget. They are fucking nothing without us. So the audacity to, like, have the creators and the artists pay for an opportunity like that, where they are educating people on their their way of doing things only. And that's the thing is that you're using this creative artist as a point of elevation for your own brand and it's for like the corporation. You know, it's yeah, like a pawn in a, in a chess game. It's like uh, who has the most following and the highest following so that we can use them to leverage our position. Oh, but uh, other people have to pay to be like them and be educators. And I just think that's so shady. Like, I do not like that at all. Like, and that's yeah. one of the key things I wanted to talk about was a difference between paying to work with a brand and paying to work with a production company 
I feel like are two totally different things because you know that brand could afford to at least have you not pay and come as a volunteer, but a production company, so we worked for a production company, right? And every hairstylist had to pay the exact same amount and that's just, it is what it is. Um, and then if you worked for a major brand though, and they were like, oh, we're Tresemme for, they don't make you pay. That's why I'm using their name. But Tresemme was like, oh, you have to pay $800 per person to work with us. And it's like, Tresemme, really? <laughs> like, you know, like you're yeah. a large brand. Like for me, that wouldn't make any sense. And I would never pay to work with a brand, you know? Yeah. No, because at the end of the day, I mean, we can express ourselves and we can show our own work because like these color lines and these product lines like Redken and Tresme, they're a tool. You are using their tool to create your outcome in your work. But at the end of the day, nobody's going to be able to recreate your work. It doesn't matter if no. you teach them how to do it or not. Nobody is going to do it just like you. And it, it is so different in that sense because it's like you can post that on Instagram. You can put that on your website. You can put all that work places and you can show the tools that you used. But like when it comes to a production agency like that, it's also the people that you're going to be around too. Like it's going to be the place that you're at, the people that you're going to be around, the opportunities that's given. But when it, I have such a problem when... Um, big companies and product lines try to use people as pawns like that because everything that I use is in my salon is straight. We don't, I don't work with any distributors at all. And that really pisses them off. I use Colton King, Afterworld Organics and Away. I have one distributor like for my color, obviously, because it's from Australia, but um, everything else is straight to the stylist. And it's also straight to the client as well. So like I am using them as a tool, but they very much know that unless I like if I'm not sharing and if I'm not posting the products that I use in the work that I do, they're not going to get that elevation and they're not going to get the reach from my clients and the audience that is sharing what I'm using and why I'm using it because it aligns with my values. They're not going to be as good. They're not going to be better off without me. They're better with me. And so it's about collaboration is about working together, working with, not for. And that is something that I do with my product lines because I'm not, there's, there's no way that I would pay for a company when I'm already paying them for their products. They're not going to be anything without me. Exactly. So it's all about knowing your value as well. Yeah. And also knowing when to say no, because some people like, I'll tell you right now, I know so many people who are like dying for, um, I guess, social media fame. You know, totally like total hype whatever and they're like that's what I need to be successful and I, I tell you right now if they had a major company reach out to them and say if you pay us a thousand dollars a month we'll feature you on our page blah 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 I bet you they would do it you know like because they're that they have that mindset like and that's the thing people let influencers like not saying if you have a large following that you're any less of a human or a person because some people have large followings and they do make great content like but there are so many pages now that are just like I'm like what is the point of this what are you doing <laughs> and like aspiring to just be that I feel like is like not it I think that if you are yourself and people like it great 
But I do think that a lot of people, too, are chasing that. And they're chasing this brand um, awareness. Like, they want brands to work with them. Like, I'll tag brands in my stuff. I usually tag, like, four. And it's all just pages that just reshare work. I'm not trying to work with them. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, here's my stuff. But I'm not, I don't know. I think that the people who, like, every single one, they have, like, 30 companies at the bottom you know what I'm talking about it's yeah totally. overwhelming <laughs> yeah but um back to fashion week I wanted to ask you do you feel like fashion week brought you new opportunities um I do I absolutely do because um here I am podcasting with you I would have never met you and I remember back then Elizabeth you were talking about how um you're like I fucking love it here first of all I remember you gallivanting the streets of New York City and just being like I want to move here like I'm gonna live here like I'm calling my husband right now and we're gonna be looking at places I want to live here and I think that it prompted for you like the start of this podcast too like I think that seed was planted back then at a time where it's like what's next what's next and I I love that so much and it's so cool to see that come to fruition for you um so I think that you know, I got to meet you and I'm podcasting with you. I got to meet Lisa G and I was on her podcast as well. And, you know, all these people where I just get to like pick their brain sometimes. Um, Britt, who does a lot of bridal styles, I am so happy that I met her as well. I've reached out to her and picked her brain on a couple things. And also a direct, um, a direct benefit from Fashion Week too was while I was there in the experience I realized, I've been doing hair 15 years now, I started in high school, I realized that I entered beauty school in high school because of my love for styling. I loved vintage styles, I loved, I loved doing like vivid colors too, I was in high school of course, but like styling for me was, I was going to win Skills USA. I was going to make like the coolest like finger waves and pin curls and I just wanted to express myself in that way so much and I just had this epiphany in fashion week in my hotel room one night that I was like, I need to go back to my roots like styling is what I love and I'm so happy that I came here because without this moment I don't think I would have realized that it's time to go back to those roots and so in that hotel room that night I set up a call with the knot for bridal styling and I made my website that night like I, I signed on board and I decided to give it a shot for a year again have to take risks like I was not in a place financially where I was like oh easy peasy because <clears throat> that's another thing that you have to pay for is to kind of be featured on their site and so uh i decided to set that up and i was like you know what if i get x amount of weddings from this it'll pay for itself that is my goal and we've had me and my employee now have had a good amount of weddings this past summer and it's only going to grow from there and i'm so excited about that because without fashion week i wouldn't i don't think i would have been prompted in that way that i was to make it happen find a way to make it happen and now my employee, like she does makeup. I don't really touch makeup at all. And we have this great collaboration where we're both benefiting from our two separate loves that we can collaborate on together. And it opened my eyes in a lot of ways where I think I needed it because I was stagnant. So just being in that space and kind of working under pressure as well of not knowing what the styles were gonna be because you don't know for fashion week what the styles are until you walk into the room. You go in and you get to practice for a day, you learn all the styles, and if you're not confident by the end of that day, then you have 
few hours to figure it out depending on when your call time is for your next show. So working under that pressure too helped me light that fire to get back into styling. That's so funny that you say that. So whenever I went in September, I was like, you know, I was just living my best life. I had never been to New York. I had never experienced a large city. And let me tell you, still to this day, like New York, hands down, best place I've ever been to. Okay. So oh, yeah. that's first. My leg is falling asleep again. I do not know what's wrong with me. My leg keeps <laughs> doing this. It hurts so bad. Sorry. Um. Okay. So that is first. And then second, whenever I saw Adina in front of, so you're in this room, like setting the stage. You're in this big room with chairs. You know, we just have our badges out and they have like these two big poster boards. And those poster boards are um, the looks that we're going to be given. And then we have our mannequins and we're going to practice like our styling, whatever. And whenever Adina was up there talking to all of us and like, you know, just being like a leader, I was like, I love the idea of doing that. And like one day being able to be in front of people and really work with that. So I kind of like I applied to work with Kendra right after Fashion Week. And then ironically... Before Fashion Week in February, Kendra had reached out to me to set up my first interview, and it would have been at the same time as my flight, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to Fashion Week, I'll be on a flight, and they were like, that's like a valid reason to like not be able, (laughs) she's like, it's not like it's like a vacation, or like not even if it was, like they were like, it's a flight, it's no big deal, like don't reschedule your flight for... You know, and I was like, I don't want to miss it. So um, anyways, I ended up interviewing with Kenra right before I left for Fashion Week. So then in Fashion Week in February, the whole time I was like, I hope I get a call back. (laughs) And like, I was super stressed out, but like also super giddy. Like I was so excited and I just felt like it was a flex to be like, I'm going to Fashion Week to do hair. <laughs> Sorry about this interview. I was like, oh, that's going to look really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 100%. So I think that working with Fashion Week, like, boosted my confidence in myself as a stylist and, like, my ability to do things and get things done. Because before that, like, you would have been like, hey, could you do hair for a fashion show in St. Louis? I would have been like, I don't know. <laughs> would have been like I've I, never done that before but instead like taking the leap and being in New York I feel like it's the way to go if you can I recommend doing fashion week for sure it's an experience everyone's experience yeah. too is so different that like it's really hard to say anything like positive or negative because it's like it is what you make it hundred percent. That's something that my dad always says is you get out of life what you put into it. And that's a perfect example of that. And for you and I, I think that because we did have so much riding on it, it wasn't just like an extra amount of money that we had laying around. We we had to know and put kind of like we just had to put all of our chips into this and get as much out of it as we could. And so for you and I, I mean, it changed our mindset. And I think that's invaluable in itself. Like you had this opportunity and then I kind of had that epiphany and if you if you take it as seriously as as it is then um it can change your mindset and it can change your trajectory too if you're you have to be open to the vulnerability of it like you have to be 
embracing everything that comes with it. Um, and yeah, I would, I would absolutely recommend it too. Like I did, I did learn something recently that actually made me more excited that I did fashion week last year as well. <clears throat> so I went to something called the artist summit at the beginning of October. And it was, it was my first time working with this. Um, it's like a, not like a networking group, but it's like a collaboration. It's mostly makeup artists, actually. So I was like, let me be one of the only hairstylists in there and meet some new people and see what it's about. So there was a lot of presenters that talked and, you know, some of them were like really high up at Mac. And then there was a lot of people who do editorial makeup and um, have obviously worked Fashion Week and things like that. So I'm talking with one of the speakers, Charlie Wan, and I said... I think I want to do Fashion Week again, but I don't want to work with the agency that I worked with last time. And I'm interested in your ideas of what you think that would look like going forward. And you know what he suggested, Elizabeth? Hmm. He suggested one of his friends who started um, this group where you work Fashion Week and you pay to play. And I said, look at this. This is not the only agency that does this. This is not like... Any kind of doubt that I had just completely went away because it is so common. And although it's like the only one that, of course, I had any experience with, and I'm sure same with you, like I haven't worked with another agency with Fashion Week yet, it, it just shows that there's so many other ways to go about it out there like this one. I wouldn't work with this agency again for a few reasons, but I would definitely be open to working with Fashion Week again like you had mentioned at the top of the podcast, you can pay to play, you can volunteer, or you can get paid. I talked to many different presenters that weekend when I was in Provincetown, and the max that I've ever heard anybody get paid for Fashion Week, like top dog, top the line, is $250 a day. And now that I know this information, I would love to work Fashion Week again. Like, I would, I I would totally do math. it. Yeah. But so. I make that in almost two hours at the salon. Like, I am not going to strive to be paid for Fashion Week because I'm going to take it as what it is, the opportunity and the collaboration. And what is that if you're working, like, seven, all seven days? Seven days. That's, that's it. It's so, a couple days behind the chair. Something I have to say about the whole lead situation. So... My lead. Yes, let's talk about this. Yep, my lead. Um, so for everyone who wants to know, me, I was asked to be a lead simply off of, I think, a recommendation. It's kind of weird how it happened, but I know that they probably reached out to Adina or someone, and then they just kind of like went in an order, maybe. I don't know. I have no idea how this came to be about. But I got asked to be a lead, and then how many weeks later? You think four weeks later? Or no, two weeks, maybe. Not even. Because I had messaged you about a team, and then, um, yeah, and then that's, and then they were like, you can be a lead, too. So. Yeah, I think it was like a week later. You messaged me, and I was like, hell yes, I want to be on your team. Like, yeah. this is a dream come true. I was super sick. I remember I had the flu. And they had reached out to me about being a lead. And I said, yeah. I was like, even though I have the flu. They said, you have um, four weeks or something to fill your team. And there was uh, 50, a minimum of 15 people on your team. 
And I only had, I think, two after, because half of them quit that were supposed to be on the team whenever they found out Adina wasn't going to be the lead. And then, um, yeah, it just kind of went out of control from there. So I had four weeks. I am messaging people on Instagram like, hey, I like your work. This is the opportunity I have. This is how much the total investment is. Do you want a shot? Like, you can look at my Instagram and... So many people are like, LOL, I don't get paid to work or I don't, I don't pay to work. And I was like, okay, well, we all can't be, you know, whatever. But that's like a mindset thing, you know, like I'm willing to pay if it's going to get me in a, pos a better position. So I had to message so many people and get this, if you do not um, have enough people, they fire you. <laughs> And they're just like, was my case. you don't matter anymore. And it's like, how rude? Because think about it. I got asked the week of Thanksgiving. So fashion mm -hmm. week was only seven weeks away, I think. So I had four weeks. That would have been three weeks before. Yeah, four weeks to fill my team. You got asked with only six weeks until fashion week. And you had zero people on the team to start. And mm -hmm. how many people did you have? I had, um, I believe, nine. <clears throat> she had nine of the 15. And it was only a couple weeks in, right? They didn't even let you go up until the deadline? No. It was, uh, I think it was like three weeks before the deadline. And mind you, too, like, this is Thanksgiving and Christmas time. It's like, so this expensive. is like. Yeah, it's expensive. It's the peak of holiday season. It's fucking six weeks notice. It's insane. And I was really bummed because. I just want to say this too. I reached out to people who maybe I haven't worked with before, but I've been admiring them online for a long time. And I'd like, I would kill to be able to meet these people and work with them and just vibe with them, especially in this environment. And so I reached out to them and asked them to join. And I was so jazzed. I reached out to some of my friends. I reached out to um, those people that I haven't met yet. And I got a few of those people on my team and I was so looking forward to it. I was like, the tide is turning. I'm going to be able to like get all 15 people. I'm so excited for this. Like we're going to have such a good team and I'm so jazzed for this opportunity. And then it stalled at nine people. I was setting up Zoom calls a day with 20 people on them, you know, at least twice a week. And maybe there'd be a couple people that would come from it. And I totally understand. Like I totally get it. Looking back now, like I would be totally skeptical as well, but the thing that I am disappointed in most from that situation is that the people that I had set up to be on my team, I think I had put myself in a position where, I mean, I had faith in myself to get it done. And that was the mindset I was in. And I was like, I'm not going to stop until I get it done. And then it really stalled at that nine. But now those people that are on my team, and once I only had nine and I was let go from the team lead role, now those people don't have as much trust or faith in me now they think what's going on here like this is really seeming like a scam now and that is something that I would have done differently and like you had mentioned before the power of saying no I really wanted to be a lead in this situation however I think with the consequences that came from it and maybe like the not necessarily my reputation from it but just the the, the maybe like mistrust that came from it like oh you're not going to be the lead anymore that is something that I would have done differently. I, if I had six months to set this up, I would try again because I know I could do it. Six weeks is something else. So there was this person that I really admired online and then 
they had a good time at fashion week um and then we were messaging back and forth and she was just like it was a great time but like i brought my tools everywhere and rolled around all of new york city and didn't use that many of them and i just i wouldn't do it again and think that at the end of the day she felt like it was a little um disingenuous and I would never ever want to put somebody in that position to feel that way so I that's something that I would redo for sure but damn Elizabeth I can't believe you fucking got it done like you had an extra week than me and that is not that much time and I cannot believe how much you did in that time that is the stress that it caused though you were my you were my emotional support friend in that period. So listen, the stress for you, the stress for me when I was there, I was not having, I had one person on my team in particular, and I'm not going to say who, but I had one person on my team who I was like, they are not being a team player. They did not want to participate in the um, seminar. They did not want to practice the styles because they were basic is what they said and I'm like well think about it I'm having you do this style first because that's what we're going to do first then we have to take that out and get that to look like this and that's going to be really hard with all this hairspray and all this gel and I'm like that this is a difficult thing to do and to make it look runway ready so the day of she's like looking for a model and I'm like you don't get one because you didn't participate in seminar so I don't know that you can do the look and she was extremely upset, but I'm like, that's you get what you put in. So if you're not going to show up for seminar and you're going to not do it, then you don't get a model. The other thing that I think is messed up is that they promised me X amount of models. Half the models didn't show up. They were pulling people's from the show. Um, some of my girls didn't even get a model, which that also happened back in September, I remember, with one team. And then the other thing is that um, I was on two teams in September because they were short for your team. So that's how I made it is because I think your lead, it was a similar situation in September. And then I got put on your team because I just volunteered to do whatever because I didn't, I was there mm. to work. And then that's how I met you was because I got to be on the same team, but. I think that not having enough models for the people who are paying to go and to do hair is extremely messed up. Yeah, absolutely. That happened to my roommate. Um, granted, she did have to leave. She was only, so we get a minimum, minimum of two shows with the agency that we worked for. And you could get more than that, like Elizabeth did. Um, but my roommate only was able to do one show. She has two kids and found out that one of her kids got COVID. So she flew home actually the next day after the show. And so she wasn't able to participate in the second one, but the first show she didn't have a model. So she came out to New York city and she did not even have a model for the short time that she was out there. Um, and that's why I say I would work fashion week again, but I would not work with this agency again. And I would do it in a way where I would either volunteer or get paid. Um, <clears throat> But with the disorganization and like the amount of stress as a team lead, knowing what we were put under when we were considered team leads, and I think that's part of the whole plan for them, right? Is like, we're going to have an abundance of team leads and then not all of them are going to be able to follow through in this bonkers time frame. So some of them are going to drop and then we'll definitely have enough for the amount of leads that we have. And I think that's completely strategic on their end. Um, but with, with, 
the way that, you know, it could be done much more organized and um, just in a better fashion where it's a lot more prepared, especially if you're putting on two of these a year, I would definitely volunteer or um, get paid to do it again, but I would not pay to do it with this agency or um, an agency like it where they're just not as organized. And I would absolutely, I had a friend tell me when I first did Fashion Week last year, have a great time at Fashion Week, be a stylist, don't be a lead. And I just thought about that and I was like, yeah, well, like, I don't know. She's, you know, each their own. That's her opinion, whatever. And then I got the lead opportunity and I was like thinking about what she said. And I was like, no, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try it. And I would, I would not be a lead again. I just wouldn't. Yeah. So I don't think I'm allowed back <laughs> with the agency. No way. Yes. Because of something so funny. I think it's funny now, and I'm going to talk about it. I haven't talked about this with literally anyone. So, um, yeah, first time discussing this. So, I went to Fashion Week February. I had several seizures when I was there um, just because of stress. They were just stress-induced seizures, which happens to me sometimes. And I was extremely stressed because I went to go ask about being paid. And they were like, oh, well, we take care of that at the end of all the shows. And I was like, okay. And then I was kind of like, I was skeptical. I was like, something doesn't sit right about this. So at the end of all the shows, before I leave the show, I go up and I say, hi, I was just wondering, am I getting a check today? Like a paper check? Sorry, my son is up there playing Minecraft. <laughs> he might be a little loud. <laughs> So, okay. anyways, he uh, he was like, oh, well, you know, uh, that's something that he will sit down. I can't say the name, but they were like, oh, he'll sit down and he does all of the payroll at the end of the week. And I was like, okay, so you, you want me to leave New York before I'm getting paid? So, I was already kind of like, well, maybe we didn't discuss how I'd get paid or any of that. Like, I was just excited to lead the team. So, weeks are passing. I am messaging them once or twice a week, emailing. Hey, I just wanted to know when I can expect payment. And then finally, I got an email that was like, I think, March 20th or something. We'll have your payment no later than March 20th. That's over a month after Fashion Week. Mind what? you. I did not get paid a lot. I got paid the same amount as the sponsorship fee. So one person paid my paycheck. That's pretty much it. And yeah. for all of the stress going into it is like not worth it. They pay for your hotel, but I mean, it was very it was very weird the whole thing. And then it was April, the end of April, I messaged them still twice a week, still haven't been paid. The end of April. I sent them an email because my uncle is an attorney, so I wasn't lying. I was like, hi, um, this is my attorney's information. I'm going to have them follow up on this matter from here on out because when things I, – I run a legitimate business as well, and I have a policy in place for whenever things are going out of order, you know, like, or things are messed up. And I had it, like, all professionally – mapped out and stuff and then I put his contact information I cc'd him in the email and like it, it's like he's a real attorney like this is real like he is going to take care of it because it's messed up like it's not that much money 
And for you to withhold payment for over two months, I feel like at that point, it's almost the next fashion week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what it feels like. And um, they sent it the next day through Zelle. You had to threaten them to get paid two months later? Yeah, they said they sent me a paper check from Puerto Rico. And then it was, like, lost in the mail. Like, it was this whole thing. And then they ended up selling me, and they said we can only send $500 a day or whatever. So it ended up taking a few days to get it. But it was like, are you kidding me? So then every, every time... I messaged them every morning for those next three days and said, waiting for payment, waiting for payment. Because I was <laughs> like, I am not letting them forget about this. Like, I didn't ask for a lot. I actually didn't ask for anything. I just signed up to their terms. And then yep. I feel like they were not good on their end to me as a lead. So I will not support them going forward. And also, I just think that the whole thing, like... Me threatening legal action, I know for a fact I'm not allowed back. Because remember <laughs> remember in seminar when they're like, you'll have those people who are like, is this a scam? You don't want those people on your team, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely yeah. felt the, like the... that is a lead, not as a stylist, is a lead feels like a scam. You yeah. Know? The way that they operate business for sure and that was i mean that's something that i think kind of comes with a lot of different industries too is like you're gonna work with professional responsible people who actually respect your time and then you're gonna work with some shady businesses people and companies too who will try to nickel and dime you and kind of walk over you if you can and it's also a testament to you standing up for yourself and maybe if you literally didn't threat threaten that legal action, they would have tried to not pay you. And it's you got to be New York tough that way. You got to stand up for yourself. You have to uh, demand, you know, what you're owed, and you have to know your value. And so going forward, yeah, that taught us a lot with that as well. Because I think as our careers grow, it's probably not going to be the last time that we're going to have to be in tough situations with tough people, and we're going to know how to navigate it that much better because we're just not going to put up with any bullshit. Yeah, they're bullies. People are bullies. <laughs> I hate bullies. Um, okay, and then I have one more question for you. What was your favorite memory? Oh my god, you know what? I think it's... The team that we had was so fucking good that week that I gotta say my favorite... Okay, there's a couple. I can't leave this part out. So my my last show, my second show, the night before, um, my fiancé came out to New York City and surprised me, and he proposed to me in the city. I had no idea. It was so cute. It was such a shock. I cannot believe he found me. We were and... literally talking about that the night before at dinner. Do you remember that? We were talking about... Yes, we about... were. <laughs> Oh my god. We That's were right. In this steakhouse, we were having dinner and we were like we had like had a couple drinks and we were all like you just need to tell him like he <laughs> needs to propose and like we're saying we we barely even know each other and it's like a whole group of us and we're like talking about it and then literally the next day. 
I know, I know. We had like known each other for a couple days and then we go out to dinner after after we saw one of the shows that was really cool, but that was a whole situation in itself. Oh my god, do you remember like barricading that door to try to get in or just like knocking it down? Just being like, We're we're allowed in here. We were told not to bring our badges. They're like, Where are your badges? And we're like, What the fuck? But after that show, we went out to eat, and yeah, I was like, I've been with my partner six years, and you're like, you're not engaged? And then the next day, the next fucking day, he shows up, and he just says, um, you want to FaceTime at 5 o'clock? And I was like, sure. And so then I go to video call him at 5, and boom, I just see him outside of my apartment in the city. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh my god, are you serious? And like I said, my roommate had to fly home because her kid was sick, so... I was like, oh, he's going to spend the night here because, like, you know, my roommate had to leave. That's so cute. And then I did, I still didn't even put it together. I ran downstairs and he got on one knee and he proposed right there. So that was definitely my favorite memory. What a New uh, York moment. I know. Seriously. It really was. And then I put my little honeycomb sticker right on the light pole of, it was like 26th and Avenue of the Americas was where it was. So I put my salon sticker right there. So, like. Anytime I go back, I'm going to look for that sticker and be like, this was the spot. We have a picture outside and it says there's literally like trash right next to us and a dollar pizza sign right behind us. It's like so New York City. It's hilarious. That's perfect. And then I'm thinking, it really was. I'm thinking to myself afterwards, he opened up the ring box upside down. So the ring, I my brain was like, if that ring fell out, it could have gone into like a sewer grate. And can you imagine all of the jewelry that's in the bottom of a New York City sewer grate? Like, I'm sure that happens all the time. And it was just like a magical moment and hilarious and quirky in all of the best ways. Um, so that was number one. But also some of my other favorite memories are literally just the team. Like we would all be on a group text. And mind you, like there's 20 of us from all over the country. We have no idea. We've never... We have no idea who each other are, what each other look like, or how we're going to find each other. Besides, so we're on this group like, tech. Instagram stalking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if we that. have their Instagram at that point. And uh, so we just were like, hey, you want to meet at this rooftop bar? And me and my roommate are walking up just laughing, being like, we have no idea who we're meeting, what they look like. And we're like, let's just look for people in black clothes. Stylists always wear black, and sure enough, like, we find our people in the back. And after that night, just like on that group text, we all hung out all week. It really was such a good group of people. And I think just walking the streets of New York and deciding what we wanted to do on our days off and in our downtime where we wanted to go, we got dinner and lunch together all the time and we just learned more about each other. And um, that was, I think those are some of the memories that I'll never forget is just laughing and having fun and just roaming the streets with all of these new friends that I had never known a couple days before. Yeah. What is I your have, favorite memory? I have one favorite memory in particular, and that's New York City pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I love pizza. Um, but no, overall, I would say like definitely meeting the models and networking with everyone has been like so amazing so I really connected with you and Amy um who does the extensions and the bangs yeah Amy does she banging bangs and uh, hair extension she's in Colorado I think and so yeah I have stayed connected with you guys I have actually gotten her in connection with leads who are current leads that were from my team in February so like she's gonna go back and do fashion week again 
Um, I think she's going to do Paris Fashion Week. Is They're going to go there now. So that's pretty cool. And I just feel like the networking that I got out of it was just like so unmatched. And I had so much good food in New York. I also like roamed at night by myself, which was terrifying, but like it was such a vibe, you know, like just going out and getting chased and all this kinds of stuff. <laughs> I and you were staying in Queens too. So you were well, like taking the trains to get in. Yeah, I did. I stayed in Queens. Um, right next to the Queens Bridge housing projects. It was really cool. Um, I got trash thrown at me when I got off the subway every day. It was great. But <laughs> I didn't even mind it. I thought it was fun. Like it was literally like a movie. And I was in Manhattan the day it was raining all day. I had an umbrella and I was wearing shorts and a short sleeve shirt because it was warm but raining. Very nice. I love that. So I walked all day. My watch told me I took 32,000 steps that day. <laughs> so that tells you how long I walked. I walked all the way from Manhattan. I didn't know where I was walking. I was just like, let's go south. Like, my compass says this is south. I was using the compass on my watch as if that's like any real measurement. And I, my phone ended up dying. So that was nice. Um, it died at, at like 9 p.m. And I made it all the way to the Brooklyn Bridge. That's how <laughs> far I made it from Times Square. Like, yeah, I started in Times Square at 10 a.m. <laughs> I made it all the way down there by 10 p.m. 12 hours. I spent just lollygagging. And I think that was like, it was just so fun. Like, I've never had a moment like that where it was just me and my thoughts yeah. and I'm like oh I want to go in here and it was great so I think that that definitely I prefer New York in September <laughs> versus February February I couldn't feel my fingers or my toes outside it was very cold and um it was just not nearly as fun because you didn't want to be outside walking around like you mm -hmm. wanted to taxi everywhere which is fine but two totally different vibes you live in the northeast so i feel like for you it's like nothing i'm in st louis where one day it's 70 and the next day it's 30. <laughs> so for yeah. me it's like i get a little mix of both throughout the year it's not like solid, solid yeah stuff. but yeah yeah i had i had um like I've been to New York City quite a few times just because it's only, you know, three hours away from where I'm at in Rhode Island now. But also I grew up in New Hampshire, so it was still only a few hours of a drive then. Um, and that's actually why Taylor came out and proposed in New York City, because that's it was kind of part of our love story. It was the beginning. Like we had gone out there, I think, the first year that we were together and we saw like the Rockefeller tree and... Um, it was it was just really magical then there is such a, a magic to that place because it is a bunch of nomads and i think that there is a big community in that in knowing that you're just going to meet these strangers that are going to become friends and um so that's why he ended up doing that because uh we had had a little bit of a story there before but um I remember thinking after September, I was like, wow, September fucking ruled. Like the weather was so great. We walked everywhere. We didn't have to worry about anything. And 
then after leaving, I was like, I, I think I'll like maybe do September again next year, but I don't think I want to do February because I had the thought of just like living up here. I know that like icy and wintry it can get and you have no idea when it's going to snow. So I'm just the thought of me rolling my hair case through the streets of New York if it was icy and slippery and like how I was going to dress in that time because you know it's going to get super hot inside and I was like, I don't think I'm going to do February. And then they asked me to be a lead and I was like, okay, we'll give it a shot. And then it didn't end up working out. And um, yeah, what was it? Did it snow at all when you were there in February? No, it didn't. It was freezing though. I was so cold. And let me tell you, if you're going to New York in the winter, buy the long coat. Get the one that touches the floor because your legs are not protected in pants at all. Like, no, it was literally piercing. Like, I do not have another word for it, but it was frigid (laughs) and it was was only like 40 degrees, but it was so windy. And then you're like, oh, but the buildings will block the the wind. No, that's like a vortex. It ends up sucking that wind in and it's like, it's way worse, I think, when their buildings are around personally. Other people might yeah. say otherwise, but no, it was freezing. Yeah, I got no, to go can be ice a little rough. skating in February, which was cool. Um, oh, that's awesome. But, I mean... I was, like, telling my friends. I went with two of my friends who are not hairstylists. We were both in New York at the same time, though. And, um, yeah, we went ice skating together. And I was like, oh, I'm so good at ice skating. Like, I can skate backwards. That was, mind you, I feel like that was only four years ago. But that was actually, like, 14 years ago. I got out there. And, like, I had the shakiest ankles. And I was like, what is happening? And they go, I thought you were really good at this. And I'm like, yeah, I thought so, too. I got better as, like, the night progressed. But I remember thinking it was only a two-hour time slot. And I'm like, that's it? Like, that's all they're... And then I was out there for 45 minutes. And I was like, I'm ready to go if you are. (laughs) And uh, it was so cold. But super cool. So, yeah. Like a baby beer. Is there anything else you want to talk about regarding Fashion Week? Or did we pretty much cover what you were thinking? Um, I'm just, I just really wanted to, I haven't had this opportunity to talk about it in a transparent way. And I think that it's really good that we were able to open up this conversation because, you know, these times come around where people are recruiting people on Instagram and I do see like reels and posts about people saying like fashion week scam like don't sign up for this this is a scam like you should always get paid what you're worth I 100% believe in that I 100% believe you should always get paid for your your time and your effort and your value and um, I also agree that in order to get to another place or if it is valuable enough to you then you should also follow your own gut. And I think more than anything, it's so important to um, just find your own path and listen to your own gut feeling and your own voice and to do what it takes for you to make your dreams come true or to get an experience that you want. Because, yeah, you can look at a 60-second reel and say, wow, that's a scam. Who would sign up for that? But you can also look at it and say, this is an opportunity that I want and maybe I should learn a little bit more about this. And I think that we're both on the same page that we would never work for that agency again. And we would probably both never be leads again. However, I would absolutely do Fashion Week again, if nothing else, just for the memories and for the people that I meet. And um, 
you just got to, you really have to follow your own gut. You have to have your own voice because if you're constantly going to follow what other people tell you, then you're going to end up like everybody else and that's not going to set you apart and that's not going to bring you to the place that you want to be. It's going to put you in the same pool with everybody else. Yeah. I think too that like sometimes payment isn't money, you know, sometimes you get compensated in a different way, uh, like networking or you know, experience, like there are such things as that people get so fixated on the dollar amount that they're going to get per hour, especially now because like it's so normalized just in general, like to talk about your income on social media, which I think is a little crazy um, how people just like blast it out there. Um, But yeah, I think sometimes the compensation isn't like a form of payment. It's actually like comes from what you gain out of the whole experience. So yeah, I definitely think that I would be a lead for volunteers or paid stylists, but definitely not for a company who makes people pay the sponsorship because then all the pressure is on you to make sure that they have a good time. But you have to remember to just keep telling them it's on you, you know, like you get what you get out of it. So, yeah, yeah, that's about how that's I a really valid point that, um, it's not all about it's not about money it's not all about money it's about yeah the value that it means to you and that's so important because if you're proving to yourself that you have the courage to do something that's invaluable and i think that oh, there's flowers appearance perfect and i think that shouldn't be taken lightly so yeah i agree and i'm just so happy that i met you through this like right i know that we're going to as we grow and as our you know careers unfold i know this won't be the last time that we see each other and i'm really jazzed about that Yep, won't be the last time we podcast together either now that I know how to do it. So, um, yeah. But I wanted Love to it. thank you for your time today. And what is your Instagram handle for anyone who may be listening or watching? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Robin the Riveter. Um, it's Robin with a Y, so R O B Y N T H E R I V E T E R. And um, my studio is all vegan plastic-free, non-toxic, plant-based, and sustainable. So if that sounds good to you and that's up your alley, then give me a follow and I'd love to just chat and connect. I'm all about community. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for today and I will put all that as well on the description and thank everyone for listening to our Fashion Week discussion. And yeah, I will talk to you next time. Bye. Sounds good. Bye.